Everybody, welcome to a very special episode of Carnival of Randomness. This is, I will call it, our special Thursday Pride Month edition, and it's going to be Fourth of July weekend. And Greg is a very festive-looking hat that looks like something that either fell through a bunch of paint or came from the '60s. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Fairport uh, Canal Days purchase nice. years ago. Oh, there we go. <laughs> We're very thrilled to have for you. Her and her band, Lisa Loudon, because I'm not going to say your middle name. because Actually, it's Loudon. Oh, right. there How we go. Now yeah. Brown How Cow. now Brown Cow. Loudon. I, I, I pronounce every guest's name wrong. And you don't want to say Comentucci? No, I bombed it on my other one. It's Comentucci. And Steve, yeah. Lou, Steve Loudon right. and yes. Walt O'Brien. Yes. Cool, cool. And I have to say, before we start, Ann, and we start, did you know yesterday was the day Dark Shadow started? Yes, I saw that. I saw, oh, wow. No, the, the original. Yep, the original. Oh. Yep. The original. 55 years ago. You better start binge watching again. I know, I will. There I would a... love. I want to get the big coffin edition, but I don't want to shell out like 450 bucks. <laughs> I know. But the, the best part of that show is just the little things. Like, you see the mic. Oh, it's great. Or they goof up. The one guy comes walking in. Well, I've been walking for... Uh, hundred thousand miles. Uh, I just felt like that. Yeah. Barnabas, <laughs> I have to tell you my plan. Then I, I'll get you later. And he goes. <laughs> there was a there was a really good documentary on uh, that Dan Clark. Is that his name? Yes. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah. No, Dan Curtis. Dan, Dan Curtis. Curtis. Night yeah. Stalker. And, and, and yeah. you know how he put that all together and we how he talked that. him into it and 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 the, the whole thing. Yeah. The, the gravestones getting bumped and bumped into you know, yeah. <laughs> That's the fun though. That's just the fun of it. It's just amazing. Well, because of the pandemic. That's one of the reasons I started binge watching it, and because I, you know, as a child at Saint Cecilia's, you know, when I was younger in the seventies, I'd run home, you know, after oh, yeah. being taught all my, you know, Catholic things, and then go watch the vampires and the Saint Stan, the ghouls. <laughs> well, mine too was like like watching Night Stalker. I was terrified. Now I just go, oh, that's good. I see the zipper in the back of the suit. Yeah. That's everything there. So what we did is, you know, I watched it all, and then I decided we're starting a new album, um, and it's going to be Dark Shadows, you know, related. The first the first song, of course, is Dark Shadows. And so we're working on that now, currently. It's going to be very more Very interesting. Sounding. Now, you came to this. How did you come to your career? You came about this late, as you told me. I did. I was uh, 45, went to the spur of the moment, saw Steve and... The band playing the Avengers. Do you remember the Avengers yeah. back in the day? Steve and Peel. I for, totally yeah. don't remember that. Walt O'Brien, <laughs> uh, Steve Loudon, J- right? Jim Lampert, Eddie. Was, at Krasinski. one point, Jim was in. Yeah. There's. I mean, they yeah. had Mike a lot. Gerizzo. Mike Gerizzo. They had a. Yeah. They. So that's how it started. But uh, I just cool. used to follow him around all the time, and then one day I got. You know, had a couple cocktails, <laughs> and said, "I really want to start a band," and that's what happened. Had a couple. There you go. The imaginary band. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I actually, I was doing some. I've been playing with Jim Lambert a little bit. He's Have been, you? He's been subbing for Ryan Lindsay, doing some gigs. Yeah, he's, he's uh, great. To he's play. kind of he doing the circuit of um, of uh, everybody in town to play. Well, with it's hard to find. It's hard to find bass players yeah. today. Yeah. I really truly believe that they're not. Uh, so we use him. Listen to me. We use Jim Lambert, no. <laughs> <laughs> and we also use. Uh, oh my God, Ken, Ken, Ken Peters. Peters. We did have Ted Paris for a very long time oh, from Rain. Good. Yeah, yeah, I like Ted. Uh, but he pretty much eh, kind of retired, I think. 
Well, then, like, Walt, Steve, how did you get started in all this? And oh, dear. You mean in the beginning the music, or this? The music. <laughs> no, you, you yeah. two were just getting into the music. Go ahead. Oh, gosh, it's been over 40 years of nonstop this. So <laughs> I, I guess I got into it just because... The, my dad had a guitar laying around the house. I was into the Beatles and wanted to learn how to play. I've heard so many people must are into that Beatles group, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, other things, too, but that was the first. That was. I the don't know if anybody remembers too. this. It just seemed like the way I got into the Beatles, my brother had a Beatles songbook with the one that you would like that. But also, for some reason, on 4th of July, for many years, XXI would play Yellow Submarine. Oh, the movie. Yeah, you know, and I have no movie. idea why, but I got into it from that. I only realized, of recent date, they're not doing their voices. Not on that. Right. No. <laughs> and I think the one voice actor died who was just doing it. But it's just so psychedelic, and so, and I still, I get a hole in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> and we, my friends and I would act it out afterwards. Someone would play the Blue Meanies. We'd chase Sedgwick with sparklers. Yeah, you know, yeah. then, I, then I took my paper route money and I went down to Gold Circle and the first Beatles album I got was that blue 67 to oh, 71 yeah. Yeah, album you know it's weird I have a copy of that album and it's really strange I don't know if it's if it's this particular one is worth anything it's got the wrong songs on one side oh yeah yeah I've got a couple singles like that I, I went to Grant's remember them yeah and I found a Strawberry Fields single and no Penny Lane on the other side. And then a week later, I went and I found Penny Lane with no strawberry feet. And so I, I bought them both, and I got a right. package. Now. Yeah, this did is weird. Did you glue them together? No, so that... no but I, I did play them once each, but though, Greg, to see like, was in your song. case, it's, a, it's got the Rolling Stones on, doesn't no, it? Right. <laughs> no, but it's weird. It's like it's, it's supposed to have, like, you know, the later stuff, and it's got, like, er, the late 60s stuff. Like yeah. the or the early middle sixties stuff. The best, it's the weird. best out of those stories is a band called Dread Zeppelin. My my roommate in Alexandria it's there they do Led Zeppelin to a reggae beat with the singer called Tord Elvis who looks like Elvis Presley. And look him up. <laughs> so I get the C D. It was a Huey Lewis C D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get I gotta bring that bluegrass Zeppelin album that, that Debbie's got. Because you'd enjoy that. Didn't Dina have a Beatles album that had somebody else on the other side? Yeah, she was talking about that. Yeah, that's kind of what we're saying here, yeah. That's her sister. Uh, I forget. It was, uh, I guess they both recorded it, you know, know, I I forget uh, who it was. Was it the Stones? Something like that. Just weird pressings that probably just get confused. Now, the question we bring up to every band, we have to bring up the big question, of course, is that, okay, you're going along, going along smoothly, then all of a sudden the COVID hits. And what's that like all of a sudden going from the gigs to the basement? From life to death? (laughs) Panic. (laughs) Yeah, really. Well, it was, uh, for, you know, for us, it was, you know, we were also doing nursing, the nursing home circuit. Oh, right. On top of it. So that ended first. Abruptly, probably. Yeah, and but eventually uh, you'll have a house gig. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did want us to come back. I have to say, I have to. We had to bow out though because it's too. It's really a lot of work. That's that's an hour gig, yeah. and you're still doing the same setup yeah. and everything else. But it was great doing it for them. But we did a lot of house concerts. Yeah. You know, Lou Rotundo. I don't think you know, so. Lou, Lou and Andrea Contestable. I guess they they do the same thing. No, they, I don't they, think they we go know around that. and do the. The, the you, we usually home. don't. I did a couple of those. Fun. You, you know, I could get you. I could get you hooked up. All right. If you're <laughs> interested, I, I tell everybody because it's it's a great gig, and it's 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 wonderful to when you do connect. 
Yeah. But when you don't connect, that's the hard thing. Oh, I will tell As you. As an artist, because, you know, not that you want to. You know, I know, I know all those people at Unity. My dad volunteered there. He's loved them. I took my dad to your gig. Those seniors there, they rock. They like yeah. it. <laughs> they start boogieing. I worry for their health a little bit, the way they're dancing around. And they <laughs> well, get we've got uh, Ted Lincoln on that gig this year. And that one is on, let's see here. They're coming back. Huh. Yeah, we're coming back on... July fourteenth. Ah, you were actually at the one we did last year. Yeah. No, the one, the one I brought my dad, the one at Unity, the one at Unity. No, 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 he was at Unity. I was at Unity. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I had my dad over, I lived, we had my dad over there and everybody, and it was, everybody's rocking out and everything else. I always wondered what it sounded like. The village. On a table going into my room. No, I was going, is this a, you know, and and a lot of people. It sounded pretty good. But a lot of times we play at those nursing homes and, you know, we play older stuff, so we'd see like a mom and her daughter kind of like singing along or yeah that's cool so, so there were a lot of cool connections like that to, to observe and it's we probably doing. weird too because like you know your long-term memory tends to be working better than your short-term <laughs> memory so i bet you a lot of these people oh, yeah. they're they're hearing all these songs and they're oh, remembering yeah. Them. oh yeah they do, you know? they do. well i'm like the I'm weird like obs- i'm like the weird obscure <laughs> local music person so i'm going this is different for me yeah. <laughs> well, we, we used to play at uh st john's home and there was a gentleman in the crowd all the time. And, and after every concert Steve and I would do, he'd go, young lady, I'm, he was from New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, your voice, and you know, he was just a sweetheart. Come to find out, who did he play with? Duke, Duke Ellington. Duke Ellington. Oh, he sang with Duke Ellington. Wow. So that's yeah. a good compliment. So I was like, oh my goodness. You know, I mean, that was just really. <laughs> and somehow me. I'm thinking you like Stevie Nicks. I do, but you know what? I didn't start off. I never even listened to her back in the 70s. I'm shocked. I was into Genesis and Gentle Giant and All right. well, That's Weather a good Report question. How did you come yeah. How did you come to doing like you would call like your folk like 1960s 70s rock going from progressive? Well, I, I was into, you know, like the Cat Stevens and all that stuff back in the day. But Steve, you know, we just, I don't even know how that really happened. And as far as the Stevie thing goes, I just started singing her and everybody went, wait a minute, you know, you have her timber. Yeah. So, even on stage, that's what I think well. about the way you go around, like the way you well, carry I'm a dancer. on stage. You know. See, I was a dancer for 20 years. So being a dancer, now I'm able to, you know, yeah. you know less the hip pain, I can get around pretty good. You do the twirl. <laughs> do my twirls with my Oh, scarves. I get it now, too, on my walks. You start feeling it going, yep, oh, yep. no. But you could do, like, if you did Genesis, all you'd have to do, if you did old Genesis, you could do, like, two and a half hours and five songs. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you, uh, we used to go see The Waiting Room. Oh, I oh, yeah. One of my yeah. friends, yeah. one of my friends, his, I guess Josh is his cousin. The singer's oh, name I love is Josh. Josh. And oh. he said, we would go see him. They would play Thanksgiving Eve all the yeah, time. Yeah, all the time. At and they Water would Street. switch up all the time. They would do I sometimes was up Peter front Gabriel. All the time. And the one time, you remember the one time at the German house, the sound system went down on them. They did the free show because of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. But that was like, especially if you like the old stuff. Well, he, that was my second concert. Uh, oh, I saw wow. Foxtrot at the auditorium. That's oh, front row. That's a great album. And I was 14. I had no idea what the heck I was seeing. And my mouth dropped. I mean, Peter Gabriel, was, the, the band was just... Then the next year I saw Selling England by the Pound. I mean, yeah. how can you not love that stuff if you're started off with that? I mean, I listened to the Beatles. I listened to it all because my sister was older. so she. But that kind of stuff was... I, I think a lot of us got into the progressive stuff because that was so prevalent. I mean, I saw General Giant on tour probably four, 
four times. Did you? Oh, god. They were here a bunch of times. I don't think I ever did get to see them. And it's weird, man. Those guys, while they're playing, they're all stomping their feet because they got all these weird time signatures going on. It is on. weird, so all yeah. like, like, I always get to tell the one Peter Gabriel story I know. My, my friend Sammy did security for various concerts, right? Mm. So when Peter's playing the War Memorial, Peter likes to go biking. So he had to go run. He he jogged with them while he was biking around Rochester. So so they get back to like the little garage at the War Memorial, right? And Sammy's dying. But he said, you know, you know, man, it's the job. It's the job. He's like Peter Gabriel's laughing his head off. He looks. He's like, what's so funny? What he goes? You know, the whole tour. You're the first one who made it the whole way. (laughs) That's funny. You know, did you ever hear the story Tony Levin told about, there's a couple good ones. One time Peter Gabriel calls him and he goes, I have a really small gig. Do you have time to play? He's like, I really don't have time. You know, if it's a small gig, don't worry. He sees him on TV playing in front of 4 billion people for the Olympics. Oh! <laughs> and the other one was, he's like, well, what's Peter Gabriel doing? Oh, he's in Atlanta working with his monkeys. I guess he was getting monkeys to play piano parts and see what they did. <laughs> He's amazing. He's an artsy guy. He's sure. he's amazing. He really is. Oh, I yeah. saw him here on, you would call it, it would be the one with Games Without Frontiers. Oh, yeah. When they just was Peter Gable. And I find they made him name an album, so he called it So. Yeah. I know that. None of his albums had titles. They were really? all just Peter Gabriel. Yeah. I remember reading that. It was like very, very unpretentious. Very. Yeah. Now, now, Steve, you started with your brother right. playing. He was how old? 12? 12, 13 when he first played in his first bar. <laughs> it was a little different then. Yeah. yeah. What was the name of the band? Just keep your head down. You ready for this? Dead Fish. How many fish? 10,000 Dead Lake Ontario Fish Band. That was, that was actually the whole band. name. Yeah. <laughs> that these was his all, first band. This sounds was... like all the stuff. Blues. Every one of these names, like the imaginary band, sounds like something would be on Frank Zappa's label. <laughs> it all sounds like... That's a good one. I like that Wasn't one. Wasn't that great? Then it was the tunes, and then Brett had a band Aces and Eights for a really long time. I met Walt, what, like 81? Yeah, The Insiders, right? The Insiders. The Pawns, then you did the Pawns. And we had a pawn, the Pawns thing. Well, were you part of the 28F thing? No, that was Bob Janik and, uh, and Joey Centurino, who I play with in Inside Out now. He oh, was okay. involved with that. Okay. And Ray yeah. Paul, I think. Yeah, okay. Those three. So one, sure. one thing we've been talking about lately, like what are some of the clubs you played in those? We've actually been going down memory lane about that, like the Casablanca Idols, Orange Monkey, all those. Places. We were just talking about how none of them are left. Yeah. yeah. Red Creek. Mason Jar. The Mason Jar. Yeah, was I remember great. that. Thing was, you'd hear on the radio, you'd always remember on the radio, you'd hear, oh, playing at the Mason Jar, yeah. playing at Red Creek, I guess, too. They had the grease stripping in the yeah. basement. We played with Badfinger. At oh, the Mason Jar. Right there on Jefferson Road. You yeah. had, you had yeah. a bunch of places. Orange Monkey was there, right? Um, Red Parliament. Creek. Right. Yeah. Parliament was out that way. That, yeah, that Casablanca was, was down there, because that's the one I remember. Parliament Across was from MCC, place. yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. where El Torito's was, I think, afterwards. So that was one of my big, big memories. Big dreams. Yeah, I mean, real vague. Oh, really? From college, those margaritas <laughs> no, and everything? You there like on Sundays. A lot Sundays, easier to drive right? to Henrietta back then. I think it was Wednesdays. I know did do occasional Sundays, but we had a thing. You've been playing for a long time, too. Yeah, a thousand years. It like. I, I started too late. Like, yeah, but oh no, you did. You said right at high school. Well, <laughs> they've been waiting. I started at forty-five. I'm sixty-two now, so everybody's been waiting for me to get a little jaded, and it's starting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're behind on. Yeah, that. she's I'm, got I'm, a lot of catching up. To I'm do. getting. Yeah, I'm getting there occasionally. So, you know, what were you, like, what were your first gigs like? You playing? Our first gig was at a little coffee house on East Henrietta Road called uh, Blue Sunday. And it was a coffee house slash bookstore. 
So it was, and this was me. I was like this. I was so shy. I had my eyes closed because, you know, I never heard myself on the mic. Right. And it was just, it was. So then after that, then it just, oh, we did a lot of free stuff. And, you know, I'm. Coffee like, shops. Coffee and... shops were like $35. Because it was yeah. Bob Janik, Susan Janik, and Steve and I, we did Entwined. And uh, we'd get like 35 bucks for three hours. But these would be, would be <laughs> kind of like now. Would these, be, would these be covers or like some original stuff? No, always covers back then. Yeah. Yeah. And we still, I, I very rarely pull out the originals. I, we should. Well, that's one but, thing I have to, because I have it right here with okay, me. Go You're, ahead. Perhaps I'm a rain cloud. Yes, and that's me. Very good. <laughs> and now, how did this come about? And these are all, I know you have the little note here, the last two songs are not mine, but anything else? So. Yeah. We slip those in. Um, well, you know, when I first started all this, you know, music stuff, I just, I, I've been writing poetry for years, mm -hmm. kind of like Stevie Nicks does, you know, she's always writing in her books. And then we decided, I decided let's, you know, try to do something creative. So we went in Walt's apartment and took a whole year and recorded. Did it take that long? Yeah, it was a whole year. Sundays. Not straight. No. A year of Sundays, not every Sunday. Not, not, <laughs> well, that's why. It's actually, it. you know, I've, I've dabbled in filmmaking, and I know like there's a we thing a called the, there's a thing called Odessa Films in Canada. And they've done films like Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter, but he came to and <laughs> uh, Harry Knuckles in the Pearl Necklace. But anyways, the director came to the Eastman, and he explained it took over two and a half years to do Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter because why people worked. They rent. They had a bar. They let them use on Sundays, so they would just come and film every week. You know, people had jobs. Well, yeah. yeah, it's a good way to do it. I mean, it, we had a lot of fun, and it was something to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, and it wasn't like we were scrutinizing every note or anything. And it was just I could have done it a lot sooner Walt, if we weren't screwing around so much. Well, <laughs> Steve did all the you know all the instruments, and uh, I occasionally did, would do a couple little funny things or whatever. I mean, how do you prefer, like the process, Greg? Do you prefer just to run right in and do it, or just wait and go back and like do the well, recording? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I whatever it seems to be the the du jour event. I mean, it's like sometimes you're all set. We're going today. We're doing vocals. Okay, and you gear your head for that, or Sometimes you just do the drum tracks. I mean, for this last thing with Brian Lindsay, it was weird, man, because it was right before the pandemic. We did like, what did he do? He did like, he had like eight or nine songs. He had like eight or nine songs. I did all the drum tracks in one session. It was like, like two, three hours, bang. I did like four takes of each or three takes of each, and then was it? I mean. It was weird. It was like I had to really know the songs. It would be like the so. Brian Wilson method where you might call you and, okay, hit the cowbell once and leave. Yeah. And, you know, something like that. But when I was growing up, I never, th I'm, I'm really familiar with the recording process now because of the studio and all the magic tricks. But back then, I always thought bands would come in and just play. Well, sometimes they do. Some do. Sometimes Tom, you yeah, do. Tom Waits mule variations in a, in a barn. I Some producers done, like done any, that uh, approach. Any sound. real recording in a long time, but I suppose if I was going to do it, if I was going to just do a basic rock and roll song, I'd just go in and play it live, and the immediacy would be the point. Right. But if I was going to do some kind of production song, I'd probably put more time and, and thinking into it. Yeah, I find the process fascinating now because I've gotten involved with it. And, you know, I, like, I'm like i a big double-track mama. Everybody, you know, <laughs> Steve calls me the one-track. I love 
double tracking my voice because it just adds something yeah, to cool. it. And I really are you like, like one of? Do you do like? Are you a Stanley Kubrick or where you do like about 120 takes no. and you just do like one no. or two? If no. you listen to this CD, you'll I'm know one, that that's not true. I'm a one track mama. <laughs> Everything is what we don't. I I I try not to go back and scrutinize every single song. So you know, I what happens is magic. I don't think it's, it's magic for I don't me. think it's supposed to be perfect. I like it. No, I, I like sloppy. That's why I always I like say... I to hear little things sometimes. One, one of my favorite bands yeah. is The Faces, and I always say, listen to it, it's rock and roll. They're sloppy, they're messed up. It's not perfect. That's rock and roll. Yep. Go see something classic well, if you don't watch it. Yeah, it gets a little too <laughs> I would say it's allowed to be that way, but preferably not. Yeah, but no, I, mean, I you some, know some producers do that though. They like some are very meticulous. Yeah. Like I guess that the Def Leppard stuff was like a they all, they piece it together and you know. Oh. Well, but I mean like the Van Halen early stuff, they were pretty much all playing in the and the, the vocals were the only thing that were separate. Well, I guess Don Felder said in his book, one of the things with Don Hanley was that he just, everything has to be perfect. So right. it has to be no for no. And he said, fans come probably to hear you improvise, to do something different. Why would you just do this when you could hear it on the, that's what Don Hanley wanted. Yeah, he's not high on my list of drummers, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't think he's got a very, He's he's not a really super skilled drummer, but I mean he's good at what he does. He's great at what he does. He's got he a great sings voice. too during you, which oh, gets me. He's got a great amazing. But you know, just if you watch him play, he's all like tight and weird. And he's not a very. That's the one thing drummer. I'm always amazed when any of you drummers <laughs> sing. It just uh, it's hard, isn't it, Steve? Uh, <laughs> it's any type of multitasking. Oh, that's what I'd like to. That's what I'd like to talk about, yeah. though. See, with Nightfall After Dark, what we decided to do is uh, we start off acoustic. So Steve plays acoustic guitar, Wall plays drums. Oh, and cool. that's, that's neat. So we start off like that. Then the next set, then we switch. Then Wall plays electric guitar, and Steve plays drums. So now we it changes the whole yeah. feeling of the night. It's just that's kind of cool. That's it is great. And I just figured that's, out I goofed your name up because I used to call Loudon Wayne White Luden Wayne right. So it's the same thing. But I love the name too. I love the name. It brings up such cool imagery. Nightfall after dark, just like the cool picture on your album cover. Here. Thank you. Thank it's you. Just very cool name. Thank you very much. But that's another thing. I talk about in terms of like doing uh, cover songs, I think, I mean, there's a difference to me with tribute bands and people who do cover songs where you can make them a bit of your own and put your own spin on them. If you go see a tribute band, you want to hear... Everything exact. Exactly. Like my it's good close. friend Rob Mount, he played for Lou Graham, and he did 50-50-5-0, and he, uh, you come to see those, you want to hear exactly where you could put your own spin on those. Which you right. could do like a little bit like a Dylan did last time I saw him when I didn't recognize like a Rolling Stone because the way he played it, you got halfway through the song. Oh, well, he changes a lot of things. Oh, in his some voice. of those songs are not know, the same. I've heard. Yeah. I was just sitting there. What is he playing? Oh, it's a knee, babe. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you can put your own spin on him right. and everything, and I think people because if you say like say you're saying okay, songs of Fleetwood Mac, songs of. You know the carpenters. People are going on over here, and they're going to get upset if we, you do. Like, we get as close as we can, but again, because of the way we are, and we're really comedians. And I, you know, there's times <laughs> I I I want to be as natural as possible. If we don't right. start off right, we, we'll all just look at each other, and go, okay, you do know, that like, again. Let's try that again. <laughs> you know it's what? Okay. I, I think you, actually, I think it. you, yeah. I think you played one song out of order at Unity. You went back. I think you announced the wrong song. You Probably. started singing the other one. 
I mean, it puts you on the level of oh, you're not trying to be like over anybody. Right. P- people relate to that. They go, well, you know, they're, they're just like well, because, us. <laughs> right. Exactly. You because know, I mean, you know, who's I, first of all, you know, no offense to Rochester, but we are in Rochester. Right. Right. You know, we're not in. Right. You know, yeah, you got to be Beverly Hills or whatever. You yeah. know, so I mean, I I just think that it's you know, if you take yourself too seriously, then you can't. Really and it's also enjoy I've been them. I've been in some concert where you have Very some true. people who won't be mentioned, like Ryan Adams, who who just uh, <laughs> get well, you start yelling at the crowd or get like yelling at them. Oh, one woman yelled something at him. he went on, and I saw him in Cleveland. He went on. This poor girl, the whole show, where he kept going back, she yelled something during a song. He, he goes, you know, what does somebody like this think? I'm gonna when they get up in the morning, I'm gonna go wreck this for everybody today. And he just kept going back, and he wouldn't stop. Well, why? What? What? He must have been. She in just a yelled or something. Mood. All she did was. Good thing he wasn't in the Beatles. Oh, I had one. <laughs> one of my friends. Yeah, one of my friends saw him at some festival. His friends, when he warned him, said, "Okay, this guy could be a little, you know, Ryan Adamsy." He plays three songs. <laughs> he starts laughing. Goes, you know, I haven't taken my med in a couple of days, and he walks up stage. You know, like that. So, oh, no, I would never do that to people. You, you know, know what? that's ridiculous. I mean, we all get stressed out sometimes if we're playing a lot and you're traveling. I mean, I did road stuff. I was on the road for seven years, but it's like, wow. you know. If GPS, really, Greg. GPS. Yeah. <laughs> if you really, yeah, I didn't know where I was. I was just on a road, <laughs> <laughs> just driving wherever I'm going. I don't know. Hey, there's a bar. They go pull in there. <laughs> Stop off here. Listen to me. But you know, if you really, sometimes I don't. If you don't like it, then you should probably stop doing it. Right. And if you're going to take it out on the audience, I don't know. I don't really get off on that too much. But it's you like, know, you know yeah. there's other things you can be doing. If you're, exactly. you know, you want to do this and you got to get with your audience. I mean, you can't put yourself above them like what we're talking about. Right. So, well, anyway. see, you know, the Lindsey Buckingham thing, you know, he just, uh, there was just way too much personal. Right personal stuff going on because like when they first split he was like really rude to stevie like right. tripped her and stuff on stage and really? all kinds of oh he That's was horrible well, he seems like a big and then uh and then uh, <laughs> they went in the back and uh and what's her name uh Christine, Christine, Christine McVie slapped him across the face and said, "Don't ever do that at, at our gig again because right. that's totally unprofessional. You know, that's ridiculous." And if you do you trot out the your own songs during your shows or just specific shows? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Not very often. We Some songs. Because I always think you probably it's for the audience. Like, say you're playing at some place where they they're used to more original music. You add more, and you know where they expect cover songs. You know, we may do it things. like it. We play Sonnenberg Gardens once a year, and beautiful uh, place. Yeah, we may do like a couple originals there. You know, but we try. You know, the thing is, everybody wants to hear. You know, most of the places we play, people want to hear like what dreams, hear songs you know, they know. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, that's that's the I weird thing about this town. Happy. There's the mix where there's all we like a lot of cover bands here. Where there's us original music people who go to the the underground thing, and I think that's like two different communities in a way. It and is, I, and really. I always try to breach it by trying to get friends to come out, and they're like, yeah. "Well, there's this, you know, something they just saw. Get the let out, I guess." Uh, yeah, just they played, just, just were saw there, them. Yeah. And I was like, no, I didn't see it. No, I don't go yeah. to things like that. I go to original music, but I'll go to see you know other cover like things like that. But it's just trying to 
get people introduced into something different, which bothers well, me. And you guys know. I mean, you all know because they've all done originals for a long time. Well, Walt's got a lot of great originals out there. Yeah. Well, they're not out there. They're in my house on a tape. <laughs> so go well, over to Walt and say, hey, play this Yeah, tape. but wasn't there one that uh, didn't you sell one to? Yeah, to It's My Party. I didn't really sell it. I, I let them have it. You let them of. have it. Yeah. I have this concept too, and I know, like, nice of you. seeing like a lot of your posts, you were well, like a very, you like a very good cooking genius. Oh in a my way. gosh, yeah, I love. So I had the idea, like with Greg, we were talking about You're this Italian. with, yeah, we were talking about this with Cinnamon Jones. There's that one musician, uh, G in the special sauce, who cooks on stage. You have Greg with a pot stirring it with his drum set over here, and you, while you cook it all up, I'll be dancing around. Well, there's the guy, the blues guy, that does the gumbo. Yeah, I've heard of G right. and special sauce. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of them. That I didn't know he actually cooks on stage. He cooks stage. on stage. He comes to Jazz Fest. He cooks. He cooks, and then he gives it to the audience. Huh. Where I would just order a bunch of pizzas and sit them <laughs> There you go. I think it's good, though, that original music is, is more accepted now, especially around here. I mean, it's like it's not before it used to be like you had to play all this top 40 stuff, and now it's just like little by little. You know, everybody's gotten a little more mature, and people go to, they study music, or they get more influences, and the internet, and everything else. I think it's just great. And it's wonderful to see that, and to see people sitting there room. watching yeah. a show. That's a big thing. Somebody said to me the other day, it's like, they like to play the little, because people really listen to the music. Right. And I was talking, my friends just had an LVP release at a lodge we had set up, and we were talking about this, going... You know, he said, like, people were throwing balloons around. He said, it's hard for me to play because I'm concentrating on the balloons. <laughs> you like when the audience is into it. Squirrel. You know, not just, <laughs> yeah. you know, like that. Like, attentive audiences are when they come up to you and say, hey, that was really cool. However, you know what bases a lot of that not being able to do a lot of original music is the club owners. I have to be honest. You know, they're yeah. like, how many people can you bring in? Right. Well, that's their main. Right. You well, know, so if, if you know, okay, well, you know, I'll try go to get, pull go in get you know, some, go 200 get some... people with my originals. No, no, you know, right. that's the hard part. Go get some yeah. Girl Scout cookies. Lay out some thin bits <laughs> and lay them all the way to the door. Free you know, beer. Free no. gumbo. Free beer. That's that's no. another question, Lisa. I was going to ask you. I know I joked with you about it being a booking machine and all that. But what is actually the, I mean, is your process, is there a, is it just being tenacious or persistent? No, or I just, uh, you how know. How do you I, approach it as far as like, hey, you know, we got this thing. and I, I, I just, I, you know, frankly, I just go through Facebook and I, I have a little press, you know, online press yep. kit. And I just write to them and say, this is what we're about. This is what we have. If you're interested, but you're not even that much looking now. It's more like we're getting right. we're but, getting calls now. Right, right. But when Once I do, in, yeah. when I do, that's how I do it. I very, I don't go pounding the pavement anymore. I did that for in the beginning. Right, that's right. ridiculous because right. they look at you like you're from outer space. And, and I still think I go yeah. a little ways. I go word some... of mouth about music and stuff. Mm-hmm. I know it's all over the place, and I think there's so much we can. Like Greg, the iHeart Music Festival. Billy Eilish is going to be oh, there. Oh, thanks. Good. I'll be. That's our. Sure to that's check our. That's our joke. But you go from friends. Like Josh Nesky told me about the fruit bats, and that's how I still go. What are you listening to? What are you listening to? And the thing was, I grew up again. I went to a Catholic high school, Catholic grammar school in the suburbs. So you were pigeonholed, like whatever you liked. And I was like the weird kid. And I remember like trying to make a gun club tape for a friend of mine who was a big metalhead. He comes back with it. He's like, Rob, that gun club sucked. <laughs> and, you know, you would have things in your locker, but you'd have to be a metalhead, an alternative person, into something else, and nobody branched out. You would just say, try, give it a listen, give it a listen. Try being a Three Dog Night guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Everyone wants, know, to, so, everyone wants to beat you up. Because that's what I think about experiencing <laughs> things you don't know because you might like it. And going and go, you said, yes, you know you like this, so go try this. It might be really good. Well, Steve plays the carpenter, so does Walt now. I don't think they <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever would have until, <laughs> they wouldn't have until, until they met me. Not that I, I, I like them. I have their... Yeah, they all I can hear, well, Greg plays them all the time, but Susie calls it groupie, not superstar. Yeah. And actually, my friend Megan Taylor plays it, too. So there's a couple, because I know Megan's like, she's like a 80s rocker punk sort of new way but she loves like john denver the carpenters all this because if it's good it's good that's the big thing i like the leon russell version a little better though in a way it, it, i mean it's different but the carpenters one is a lot smoother than, of superstar yeah i don't think i've ever heard leon russell wrote it oh i have oh, yeah. 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 yeah i love but leon, it's like so. yeah it's oh, it's gosh. way different it's like he's got like this like a 16th note ride cymbal thing going on really? it's in a ballad it's a very strange oh I got it and again <laughs> no, talking no, about I'm, variety of music I, I mean I'll forget. go on about like I'll go on about how I saw Motorhead at the Penny Arcade I stayed outside because it was so loud <laughs> stuff like that but I was at that show. I couldn't stand it. Man. I was in the parking lot. I, I was outside the door looking in. I, you could hear it fi- more than fine. Yeah, I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> bleeding. Man. No, I wouldn't. I've done that. But then for me, still, I would say in the top five best shows I've ever seen was Elton John. I thought oh, yeah. he put on an incredible, incredible show. Our, actually, I've seen so many. Besides the two Genesis concerts, I, I have to say the best, best one we've ever seen was the All-Star Band. Ringo Starr. Oh, that was great. I saw the time. Which one did we see with... We saw the one with Edgar... It had Edgar Winter in it. And Gary Wright. Gary Wright. Oh, my God. And and, uh, and, uh, Gary Brooker. One of the later ones. Oh, yeah, from Procol. I saw him in 89, so I probably saw him in I love him. Love, love, love. But one of my my friends, 90s. Sammy, again, who's did after we stopped doing security, he starts going to all the big shows because he said, I never got to watch him. I had to turn my head like this. So he said the best show he saw, this would have been maybe three, four years ago, was Fleetwood Mac in Buffalo. And he said it took them a couple to get started, but once they got going, they I were saw pros. I saw that concert. It was good. They were pros. Yeah, they're it, good. They were good. I mean, they still are, but even with the new guys. But again... It's you know, it and it's is not what, Peter Green, obviously no. the old stuff like that. Yeah, we we when we do we do a show. Uh, well, we try to do a show once a year of Fleetwood Mac slash Tom Petty. And we'll be doing one at uh, Stutzen. What is it? Seventy five Stutzen. Yeah, oh, that's a fun place to play. Uh, September, I think it's eighteenth. Uh, tickets will be available close to that. But uh, you know, that's we do Peter Green stuff because I you know we do Black Magic Woman. We do. <clears throat> you know, because you gotta, you gotta, yep. you know, that that was the start of it all. And I think and, you impress right. a lot because there's always like that one or two, three people out there who go, wow, that's the stuff I really like and they're playing it, not just like what you expect. And right, I think yeah, no, like, we, I don't like to, I don't, I like to do one hit one. It's like wearing that Halloween, it's like wearing that Halloween costume, like the one year the quarters dressed for the life of Aquatic from Steve Zussel from, and I'm going, that's hands, that's hands. It's like, hey. <laughs> I think it's cool that you have conceptual things. Like you, we're going to do this set of this, or set, you know, that shows. I mean, thought number one, but it's also good that it's just we're not just throwing a bunch of songs out there. And no. There's a method to it, and yeah, fun. no, we have fun too, and we bring a, we bring together a lot of fun musicians too. So that's what I like, you know. <coughs> that's but, what it's all about. I think having fun, yeah. entertaining people. But what's coming up for all of you now? You have a lot of stuff, and how can we get a hold of all your stuff? Just find you on Facebook. Well, yep, yeah, I, I uh, our website is Nightfall. Nightfallband.us, um, but we have three bands. So we got the duo and the trio and the full band. This Tuesday, Steve and I are at Titus Tavern, 
And then uh, Walt, myself, and, and Steve are going to be at uh, Rochester Beer Park on the 4th of July. We'll have to check that one At huh? noon. Mm -hmm. Does that go noon? Till three? Till three yeah, noon to 3. Yeah, honey, you got to get up early. <laughs> yeah, drink early. And then so start, I'm excited. Start at 10. I'm excited about the, the uh, July 10th, we're going to be at the Williamson Apple Blossom Festival, which nice. I'm excited about. And then we mentioned the Village of <coughs> Unity and Marge's on the 22nd. That's the trio. I may be able to get out for that one after my other one with Meg Williams was rained out. <laughs> but very cool. Thanks for coming down, everybody. Thank and you we so are much. cutting this a little early because we have a special treat. We're getting rid of me, so no applause, no applause. <laughs> and then they're going to play a couple songs. You want to say what you're going to play first or surprise everybody? Uh, we're going to play uh, No Regrets from the album Perhaps I'm a Rain Cloud. And cool. And thanks a lot, everybody. Thank yeah, you so thanks. much. Thank you for having I'm out of here, so stop cheering, everybody. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to sit here. I'm going to stay right here and get in the you way. Can stay. No, I'm just yeah. I'm words, words, only notions. Going through the motions Always keeping the faith Look beyond what I see Seeing that it's only me Again, I'm keeping the faith yours don't forget no regrets throw the old away keep only what is yours honest words only spoken Feeling like I've been woken Now I'm keeping the faith He'll reach the meaning Seeing is believing Bright day shine We're keeping the faith Forget no regrets. Throw the old away. Keep only what is yours. Emotions always.
keeping the faith Look beyond what I see Seeing that it's only me Again I'm keeping the faith yours don't forget no regrets throw the old away keep only what is yours don't forget no regrets no regrets no regrets